So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that sends its regards. Did anyone else think that was a, almost a little bit menacing from Max Verstappen? Like, send them my regards. It's like the final words you hear before his henchmen kill you. I think he's just winning the races so effortlessly he's dictating his correspondence. <laughs> Your sincerely, <laughs> Max Verstappen. <laughs> now read that back to me. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the unsecured manhole of F1 podcasts. Read into that what you will. I did have diarrhea at the weekend. <laughs> uh, yeah, in fairness, I unexpectedly shot up and shattered somebody's undercarriage. Carlos Sainz is not talking to me. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake. We are all wearing each other's clothes. I'm wearing latex. <laughs> I'm wearing... Uh, your. Oh, I was, g- <laughs> was going to say something... Bad. Oh, that's not bad. about you. No, it was too bad. I'm not oh, going to wow. say it. It was too oh, bad. Oh God, that's still not that like you. It was about your children's clothes. Oh, okay, well, that's, that's yeah. quite bad. Lying. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake. This podcast was a person. We'd be the guy kicked out of the limo. Was there a guy kicked out of the limo? Was that Perez again? No. Do you remember there was? Like the whoever was going to go on the podium with Red Bull, like some mechanic or something, got in the limo with them. Oh, I missed that. Oh, that's oh brilliant. yeah, it was great. He got in, and then the, that camera was on him, and he sat in the middle. So it was like some Red Bull mechanic with, with two drivers <laughs> either side, and there was clearly some kind of the fuck out of the fucking car. Not you, nor me. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the podcast F1 deserves. I'm Ollie Pitt, and tonight from the entertainment capital of the internet. We'll be looking back at the inaugural Las Vegas Grand Prix. It started as an absolute shit show, but then it got better, and dare we say it, good? But enough about this podcast. We'll talk about water valve covers, silly rules, management incompetence, and what actually turned out to be a pretty decent race. Who'd have thought it? That's all to come. Joining me is a man who has his broken BMW back. It's Phil Tremond. Hello. Regular Hello. listeners, i.e. those that listened last week, will remember that my BMW was a little bit poorly and had to go in to get its MOT sorted out. It got its MOT. I have it back. Who wants to know how long it took before something else wrong, went wrong with it? Hang on. Uh, so, so, wait, 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 wait. So you got it back and it cleared the MOT? Yes. By the skin of its teeth, but it got through the MOT. And um, then we get you were driving home and a wheel fell off? No. No. It, it didn't take that long. Oh, you got in the literally, car. were you even out of the garage? I was not. <laughs> <laughs> Did you open the door and the door fell off? <laughs> no, no. I got in the car, I turned it on, it started, and wow. nothing on the dashboard worked at all. The entire instrument cluster has failed. Oh. So, How old uh, is it? 21 years. Oh, it's quite old, isn't so, it? So they, they, they can apparently do that, but yeah. I was like, oh, great, there's no warning lights. And then I thought, hang on, there's no, no lights, lights at all. <laughs> and none of the, none of, I couldn't tell how much petrol I had. I didn't know if anything had gone wrong. Like, I couldn't tell how fast I was going. It sounds exciting. So what, it's so not. What's the, it's what's the legality there? Because technically, you've passed the MOT. Yes. Yeah. So it's road legal. Yes. But it doesn't work. <laughs> well, I mean, it, the, the car drives and the car is officially safe to drive. And I could tell how fast I was going by using my um, my GPS on my phone. Intuition. <laughs> no, well, that, that as well. You know, I'm a very experienced yeah. helmsmith. Um, but 
essentially I need to buy a new instrument cluster. So I've ordered one of those and I have to wait for it to come and make sure it works. And then I need to send it to a man in Scotland to code it to my car. So you're that so guy now. You're the guy that orders instrument clusters. I've been, much, that. I've been that guy for a number of years. Yeah, How okay. much is an instrument cluster? Well, actually, yeah. a second-hand one, not that expensive. Got one off the internet, 40 quid. Exactly the same as one I've got. That is cheap. So once it arrives, I need to plug it in, make sure it works. But the trouble is it will have information from another car. So I need to send it up to a bloke in Scotland who can code it to my car so with the correct mileage and make sure it matches my... But what if identification number and all that? What if, the inform- what, if, what if the car has got the information from is better? Well, I mean, that is the case. The trouble is that BMW, even back then, built something in where it'll put a little dot on the dashboard that'll say, this has been fucked with. So if you um, ever get into an E46 BMW and see a little dot on the dashboard, that means somebody has tried to fiddle it. Wait, 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 wait. wait let me get my head around this. So you're saying mm. that if I was to get in your car, I have to ignore the fact that the wheels are fucked. <laughs> And Only one wheel's fucked. I have to ignore the one fucked wheel and all the other things that it scraped the MOT by. But if there's a dot on the dashboard, oh, I'm getting out. <laughs> no, it doesn't mean it's dangerous. It just means that somebody's been messing around with it, probably so it to yeah. uh, clock the mileage. But okay. I am going to send off proof of what the actual mileage is, so it should it should all be legit by the time I'm done with it. So it's not the most expensive. And then I still have to get another wheel or set of wheels. So. It just sounds like an awful lot of faff. I mean, It is. It is. It's a, not- an awful lot of faff and an awful lot of money. Is yeah, well, um, okay. You must love the car. That's that's all. I mean, you know, I love my daughter, but sometimes she's a pain in the backside. Does she have a little dot on her forehead? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's the snipers. And beside him is a man who had some London nostalgia. Is Terry Saunders? So I've lived in Berlin for three years now, and Berlin oh, wow. is a smaller city. It's cheaper than London. It's it's better in most ways, apart from all the ways where it's worse. Um, but today I was on the. I've been working a lot, and I work what what you could comfortably call the other side of Berlin, from where I live. And today there was some planned engineering works on my train line, mm-hmm. which doesn't really happen because I just don't bother. And it really gave me some nostalgia for how the TFL does engineering works because they will at least signpost it, give you notifications on apps, put adverts everywhere. Berlin way is there was a wooden sign outside one of the stations that was just like it was a bit like that bit in um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where they're like oh have you not have you not seen the sign about the the, the universe being the galaxy being uh, destroyed I can't remember the reference anyway so <laughs> there that reference nerds will know what I mean and they'll be angry at me for getting it wrong but that makes me yeah, not you, quite a nerd I'm you've pleased cool. nobody there <laughs> no no I'm, I'm I've, I've angered people who hate nerds and I've angered nerds yeah. great um and I've pretended to not be a nerd, even though I'm a nerd. <laughs> uh, so I got on the train this morning, and it stopped at Alexanderplatz, which is... Oh, that's the middle. The middle, Leicester Square, if you want to mm. use a London reference. Oh, right. And the train stops. And there's supposed to be a rail replacement bus for the rest of the route. And I go out, and there's just, there just isn't one. <laughs> there, just isn't, there just isn't one. <laughs> there's 100 people on the platform, on, on the street, just going, where's the bus? And there's, there's no one there. Everyone's like, what's going on? So I decide to get a taxi... Because, you know, I'm pretty flash. And <laughs> it's probably like a 20 to 30 minute journey, right? In rush hour in the morning to get to where I work. Um, how much do you reckon that would cost in London? It was in an Uber. Like 20 or 30. Uh, it, I mean, it was an Uber. It wasn't a black cab, but it was uh, a 20, 30 minute journey. Uh, 20, 30 35, quid. 40 quid. At rush hour, yeah, it'd be more, wouldn't it? Like 40, 40 quid, maybe? Six euros 94. No, <laughs> my God. Wow. And that even involved me going, putting in the wrong address. So the guy goes, did you mean to go here? And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> He's like, oh, thanks. Anyway, because um, even when I say go across, I mean, it's normally a 20-minute journey from door to door. Anyway, I got very nostalgic because London really does rail engineering better. <laughs> but, but more expensively. Is, you also well, Berlin shattered, is cheaper. You've shattered the illusion that the Germans are, you efficient. know, st- efficient. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Or competent just, in any way. Yeah. Obviously, well, you both have done that, and you've got a BMW that's completely uh, fucked, and you just demonstrated that they can't do public transport very well. Where did this They've all just come got really from? good PR these days? They've just got it. a great PR department. Yeah. yeah, yeah. German efficiency is a myth. Oh, uh, is wow. it? Okay, but so it is just good PR. I think they're good at making things, but they're not good at doing things. <laughs> Interesting. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of myths and legends, Ollie, how are you? Uh, yeah, I could, I, I, I could be better. I've, uh, 
I said this on a previous episode. My dog is still very, very ill, so that's quite stressful. Um, I've sold my house, which cool. is very exciting, but the house that I was planning on buying, uh, I currently can't buy it because of some kind of legal nonsense. Um, so I'm t- some c- from Berlin swooped in and bought it <laughs> <laughs> ah, just for a prank, <laughs> just for some lols. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm currently in in a a, a thatched cottage in the middle of the Dorset countryside which is quite nice but it's a holiday let and it's very expensive and I can't stay on holiday I'm not on holiday now I'm working I'm trying to work from here I'm trying to uh, operate my life from here and it's not very interesting really but I've got my boxes everything is boxed up in uh, in this house that I'm supposed to be buying but I can't get into the house so it's all just like where's my stuff So it's all quite stressful. It's all quite stressful. That so is, moving house and buying houses is quite stressful. <laughs> it's really, really problems. stressful. Yeah. So um, while we're in a really lovely place, actually trying to watch the Grand Prix at the weekend was almost impossible. But I did catch the last 20 laps, maybe. Okay. That's that not too good. bad. I thought that was all, all right. right. We'll, we'll bring you in midway through the yeah. podcast. <laughs> I'm just going to be us. quiet until then. Can I, can I confess something? Go on. You didn't watch it at all. No, No, I did, but didn't watch the one before, but made out I did last week. (laughs) (sighs) Why am I not surprised? Did you watch it? Did you read about it? Did you do anything about it? Or did you just wing the whole thing? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) That face. Just don't, don't say anything. Just keep it all a mystery. I can't pretend to approve. I do that maybe once a year. I just want just want a week off. <laughs> the next one's the last one. The next one's the last one. Oh, is it finally yes. fucking ending? Oh I think my so. god. Yeah. I hate this fucking sport. Welcome to Listener's Corner, which this week is decorated with a casino theme to illustrate the gamble you all take when leaving comments on our Facebook page. Let's start by talking about Red Bull, with Sergio Perez finally driving not too badly and scoring a podium. He secured second place in the Drivers' Championship, giving Red Bull a 1-2 for the first time ever, and Max Verstappen won, obviously, even though halfway through the race, many people thought he might not. Jamal Makhlouf asks, anyone want to tell Perez the last lap does count? Henry Haler says, only Verstappen can drive someone off the track, get a penalty, end up further back in the pack because of said penalty, have another incident that causes a safety car, which means he gets an advantage and wins. I mean, save some luck for the rest of Vegas. Jason Birkinshaw says, Red Bull proved undeniably that they are the best team at getting lucky, preferential treatment. Both drivers fuck over people in Q1, no penalty. Max acts like, well, Max on lap one. Pointless penalty applied. Even the safety cars went in their favour. Perez looked set to win the race due to two perfectly timed safety cars. But alas, having a teammate way better than you, coupled with generally being shit, he got a lucky third. Derek Howard says, surely Perez's last two races means he's moving to Ferrari. But he was wearing Ferrari overalls. Exactly. (laughs) Or was it actually an Elvis suit? Which apparently it was. Which I did not realise until the day after the race when I saw the press release about it. I was like, that was the worst attempt at an Elvis suit I've ever seen. No, I could tell that Verstappen's was uh, Elvis-based. I genuinely didn't get it at all. I was like, it just seemed white. Because the trouble is, Elvis, as far as I remember, wasn't sponsored by Oracle. Oh, no, he was for the comeback special. It was sponsored by (laughs) Cisco. (laughs) Once once he got into the 70s. (laughs) But no, I didn't get Perez as well. But no, I mean, the five-second penalty for Verstappen was ridiculous. Why, why, why? Why was it ridiculous? Because five seconds is nothing. That's true. Or rather, it's not consistent. I don't think they've given a five-second penalty for a similar thing. I think that is fairly... I think, yeah, I think that is fairly usual. I mean, you could argue maybe ten, but it wasn't that blatant because Leclerc had slid off anyway before he even got forced off. I think five seconds is fine. And actually, when you think about it, it did actually knock Verstappen back quite a long way. When he had to pit and they waited, he came out way down, and then he just yeah. Max Verstappen his way back to the front again. I mean, it doesn't really matter, does it? They could give him a half an hour penalty. And he's well, this is it. Race. They could have given him a stop-go, and he'd still probably been fine. My, um, my brother-in-law gambled on this race, and he put uh, three quid 
on Perez to win, right? And it had without Verstappen. And it was, and I saw it like... He would have got £25 million if that had happened. No, he would have, not like, but as in, it was saying, oh yeah, just discount Verstappen. We know he's going to win. Like it, oh, it's, really? Bet yeah, on Perez so rather, coming second. So, yeah, so rather than just say second, it said come first without Verstappen. I was like, what so the that's fuck? What we were, that's basically what every Formula One podcast has done all year. It's like we've all been saying we should unionise against Verstappen because we've all been saying, oh, this year would be really good if it wasn't for Verstappen. You Perez would have you, just been crowned world champion in a really tight race. There's probably kids in the playground playing top trumps, if that's even the thing, saying, yeah, but no, Verstappen doesn't count. I just thought it was a weird weird way of putting something for like gambling That's very strange he must be gutted with the last corner then but we'll get yeah because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he was on he was on it to was, do pretty well until he then. was gonna do quite well yeah <laughs> yeah i mean you know well done sergio you've you've clinched the second that be honest a couple of races ago i didn't think he was going to get he's managed to stem the tide of terribleness for the last couple of races despite two races in a row losing was it two races in a row yeah two races in a row where he's lost his position on the last lap did he clinch second, or did second get accidentally foisted upon him, despite all of his best efforts? <laughs> well, the thing is, Mercedes have kind of fucked it as well, which has helped him. True. Um, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit, but, you know, he's he's done just enough to just about hang on to a position with a single race to go in, demonstrably, a car that is far better than all the others. So, I mean, you know yay. When, you know when, like, you knock a glass off a table, like with a bag or something, and you just catch it? That's yeah. how I feel. He's got second. Oh, interesting. Because I, when I do that, I go, "Damn, that, that was good. I'm yeah, well, brilliant." Do you reckon well, he's thinking that as well? Well, he's he, yes, of course. He's a Formula One driver. He thinks he's great because he's got an ego and he's in second place. Well done him. But <laughs> forgetting the fact that he also knocked the glass off the table in the first place with his clumsy, clumsy bum. <laughs> <laughs> I think we found a new nickname. Checo is so last year. Clumsy bum. Clumsy bum. We won't remember it, but it'd be good if we did. (laughs) Moving on to the track itself, the world was broadly underwhelmed when the street track in Vegas was revealed, but the race was actually pretty good. So was the world wrong? Wayne DeWop says, Love how Verstappen was slagging off the track the entire weekend, right up until he won. Then all of a sudden, it was Viva Las Vegas! Daniel Price says it all seems like unknown circuits with climates that throw the teams off is a winning combination. So let's have a few new races in cold places, please. Finland, Iceland, the Alpine debriefing room, Greenland. This is something I've heard several people talk about now, and I'm not entirely sure I agree with any of them. So that the argument seems to be that when they came out, we were just like, well, that looks shit because it's just a few big straights and then some tight little widdly bits that they have to have because that's what the streets look like. And it's not going to be that great. But the counter-argument was, well, the race was good. I think we can all agree it was a good race. Mm. We agree? The bit I saw. And it's definitely better than Monaco in terms of racing. Not necessarily in terms of driving challenge, but in terms of racing. And also, I thought the final corner as they come barreling round the left-hander into the start-finish straight was really good because it's really fast. But as was sort of pointed out by Daniel, it was a brand-new track, so it's super slippy. They'd never been there before, so none of the teams had any data. They got way less preparation time than normal because they kept cancelling free practice sessions and the one they've got were in the middle of the night and they're all really tired. Um, And it was really cold, so the tyres didn't work properly. So I think that probably contributed a great deal to the fact that it was all a bit messed up and quite exciting. And I wouldn't be at all surprised to the point where I will bet now £2 that next year's Vegas Grand Prix will be quite boring. Discuss. I agree in as much as I've always been a fan of races where they don't have enough practice. And and also, because I didn't realise until watching the race that as far as I know, because it's a literal, because it is a street circuit and Las Vegas is a very busy place, that in between sessions they reopen the roads. It's a bit mm-hmm. like Le Mans or something. So actually, it's not even like there's a lot of support races going down, laying down no, rubber and making it. There was no support races. It was just it was just Ubers taking people back to their hotel rooms with yeah. prostitutes. Uber Super and, Cup instead of Porsche yeah, Super Cup. That was it. All these things makes for a more fun race. And it's the same. I mean, we, we moan about the sprint races, but the sprint weekends tend to have slightly better races because they haven't got much practice time. So mm. I am all for 
getting rid of a whole practice session or two. Don't even have any practice. Let, look, let, they can, they have, have, they can new, have the formation lap. If there's a driver who's never driven the track before, they're allowed like a half hour, you know, check the simulator's right session. Or just to sort of razz round for half yeah, an yeah. hour. Yeah, yeah, they're allowed like on some old tyres, they're allowed to go around and no, just No, 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 sure just, that... just in a Corsa. Like, I just to get a lay of the lap, but don't think they should be given the okay, car. No, 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 let's, let's compromise. In a Vauxhall Corsa, yeah. but with F1 tyres. Okay, yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it'll manage to switch them on really nicely. Yeah. <laughs> what if it did, though? Eh? What, what a what a joke! I swear, somebody's actually done a YouTube video on that. Well, I think they put they managed to get some F1 tires and put it on a caterham to see how well it would work. And the answer <laughs> was not very. <laughs> <laughs> it was cold for tires for sure. It was cold, and we should talk about that because I don't think we've got a schedule in the script for elsewhere. I love yeah. the fact that that F1 had sort of not realised that it might be cold until like a week before the race. They thought it was going to be another desert race and really hot, and it wasn't. It's quite chilly. Everyone in the crowd, when they were allowed to watch, um, had coats on. It's quite funny. People on the pit lane had hats on. Love it. I didn't notice any of this. In other news, <laughs> in other news, the much discussed Andretti Cadillac team has some extra momentum behind it after General Motors, which is Cadillac's parent company, formally declared that it's going to build an F1 engine for the 2028 season. With the lack of confirmed engine partner, one of the key objections from those not happy about Andretti joining F1. Does this now mean it's more likely that the American team's application will be accepted? They're running out of excuses to not accept them, I think, other than just we don't want them because it means less money for us, which, let's be honest, is what it boils down to anyway. But they've been sort of saying in public, no, they haven't got it. Oh, why don't they buy a team? Well, they, they couldn't do that. It's like, well, why don't they come in with a proper backer? It's like, well, we've got Cadillac. General Motors. Oh yeah, but they haven't confirmed that they're going to be an engine supplier. Well, now they have. It's like, well, come on. What what other reasons not to let them in? What I feel like what's going to happen is every time we talk about this, it's going to be either Audi or Cadillac putting out or coming in or being disallowed or something. That I don't believe that there's going to be Audi and Cadillac on the grid together. I just don't. Why not? Because I've been hurt too many times, Phil. <laughs> Who who hurt you, Terry? Sh- show us on the doll where the multinational car conglomerate. Who hurt me? BMW hurt me, and you. You should be. Yeah, you should feel that. Uh, who else is? I didn't know. Oh, you mean BMW hurt me, not I hurt you. Is there a limit though to the number of teams that can? Twenty-two. Uh, th- no, sorry, that's drivers. Uh, I think it's twelve teams. Yeah, twenty-four drivers, twelve teams. Drivers, 12 have... teams. It yeah. is twelve teams. So it's according to the rules. So they, yeah, they they could have two more, according to the rules. But they won't. And there have been more before. But they won't be. Well, they don't want the, the teams, and therefore F1 don't want them to be. The, the FIA does, but the teams don't want to share the money. And can you blame them? They're all so poor. I mean, I, I get it. I understand why they don't want to do it, because you'd be a pretty terrible CEO if you were like, yeah, I'd like to report to our shareholders that we deliberately took the decision to earn less money. So I kind of see it. But are I they see why they less want money? Yeah, why would there be less money? I mean, well, this is the big decision, isn't it? Because there's a there's a finite pot of cash for that all the teams share. It comes into F1 through their various ways, and it gets distributed out to all the teams. So it's split ten ways. If you split it eleven ten. ways, by the law of maths, each team will get less unless they raise the overall pot. Yeah, so the sort of the the, the, te- the test is to try. You know, will the arrival of the Andretti team boost income? To the point where the the loss that the you know the loss of um, a slice of the pie is made up for by the overall increase in cash generally. If you can put a massive F one logo shaped screen on the roof of a building in the middle of a fucking desert, you can up the money surely just to have twelve. Well, teams. I mean, you say that that was only two hundred and forty million, I think it was for that big TV in the big building, which is a lot of money, obviously, but in the grand scheme of F one prize money. That's like one season. And Andretti presumably are going to be around for a longer. Or not, we'll see. But, no, they um, won't. <laughs> <laughs> in theory, they're going to, you know, this is this is diluting forevermore. So Yeah, but then if they're big if F one gets bigger in America there'll be more money. I'm sick yeah. of them all being crazy. Yeah, I I mean I agree. I'm just I'm I'm parroting what the teams are increasingly what, what? desperately saying. I think now they've got now that the F the driver vote at each race has become very popular. I think there should be a team vote, and the least the, the team that gets the least votes over the season by viewers doesn't get any money. But none at all. Yeah, 
I would say Haas does not deserve any money. Ha- Haas, yeah. Haas was my immediate thing, but then I'm thinking, no, it'd probably be Alpha because nobody <laughs> would remember that they existed. Oh, God, I'd, I'd forgotten. I'd <laughs> there forgotten you go. Oh, that's true, actually. It wouldn't be because people us. hate them. It's just they're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about them. I would have voted for them. Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1 Sake or find us on Facebook where we're For F1 Sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com where you can also leave us a team review. Just email a voice note to wrong at ff1s.com. Alternatively, if you think we're right, then why not buy us a beer? If we capital enough, we get them for free, but the Dogs Trust have cut us off. Thank you very much to Chris and Christine McCalla. Thank you, guys. Most kind of Thanks. you. Thanks, Thanks for listening. We love Thanks. you. David Findlay. Oh, love him. Findlay Quay is how you say his name what in Spanish? That will mean nothing to anyone outside of 1990s England, but sure. And Jason R. Bradley. Jason and the Argonauts. <laughs> That's going to go Bradley the Fighting Vehicle, but sure. Yeah, that works. And thank you to these monthly donors. Paul Hewings, Michael Yay. Rigby, Marble127, Jennifer Brightman, yeah. Michael Perry, yes. Greg Hoffman, Perfect. Donald Amazing. Griffin, Christopher yes. Beck, yes. Andy Wallington. Wallington. Be like them Wall. and keep us just drunk enough to be funny and not too shit. Head to ff1s.com forward slash pint, pint, pint. Return to teams. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, what's what's that? Is that so, oh. well, wait, wait. Are you just going for Elvis songs? Yeah. What's what's the thing? Return to sender. Address unknown. Address unknown. Address unknown. I mean, is that, Return your... to teams. I oh, know it's terrible. Is that, is that your go-to Elvis song? It's a good no, one. It can be return to, to return to teams. Address unknown. Return to teams. DRS zone. We can't, we can't go on together with suspicious teams. It's surely so much better. We're caught in a speed trap. I uh, can't hold I can't hold out. Because I hate you so much, baby. A little less conversation, a little more action, manhole. You, lo- you looked a bit like Elvis then. He did. I am Elvis. You did. Beardy hipster Elvis. Oh, great. Amazing. Do you know, do you know, all right, okay. Look, look, do you know what I was thinking this week? Like they were leading into Elvis quite heavily at Vegas, which I understand Elvis is blah, blah, blah. And it reminded me, and we're all about the same age, give or take. Do you remember in the 80s, mm. there was genuinely a lot of Elvis sightings oh, yeah. listed in papers. It's before the internet. I mi- I Elvis miss and Nessie. I-, I miss the fact that the-, the sun would be like, is this Elvis spotted in a <clears throat> chip shop in Cardiff? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was the, it's it's the day. days before we had easy access to the answers to most things <laughs> it's oh, like it'd be Elvis no, 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 no. Nessie Sasquatch all no, that kind the, of bollocks the, the, Jesus in your toast disinformation now it just feels a bit more evil like, oh, yeah. but there's loads of conspiracy yeah you would have thought that there would be this would be the perfect time to have some kind of conspiracy about Elvis still being alive and Michael Jackson where are Jackson the harmless conspiracies one. like the conspiracies are all about 5G and vaccines and this yeah. and that no one's going oh I saw Whitney Houston in H&M yesterday <laughs> I've been to I've been to Elvis's grave, stood over him. Oh, so he definitely is dead then. Well, I, I mean, well, uh, you couldn't you see him. There was a he was underground, and there was a big stone over the top of it. Oh, that's what they want you to think. Sheeple, yeah. wake up, Phil. <laughs> Red Bull. For a brief moment, it looked like Max Verstappen might not win the Las Vegas Grand Prix, even after he had taken the lead at the first corner. But then, of course, he did because he's very good. The car is very good, and everyone else made mistakes. Sergio Perez just missed out on a one-two for Red Bull but wasn't as terrible as he sometimes is. Anything else to add? No, not really. Apart from to say, why did Sergio Perez not realise that Charles Leclerc was going to try that move? Because <laughs> obviously he was going to try that move. Why did he not just drive slightly to the left so he couldn't drive that move? It's like he wanted to lose it. I just don't think Perez is very good anymore. We no, shouldn't say right. he wasn't good, but I think... When you're in a midfield team, you can get away with not being that great because it doesn't show. Yeah. No, I think that's it. I think he's just been shown up for not being a great driver, and that's that's fine. We can't have they can't all be great drivers, otherwise it'd be boring. I mean, the, the whole point of F one is that they should all be great, but more than one would be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Hamilton seems to have dropped off the ball a bit, and like, who else is there? Leclerc's good, but he makes too many mistakes. Is that, that's not great. Ros- Russell's not really there at the Russell's moment. Russell's terrible. Norris. Uh, <laughs> every now, every every time you think Norris is going to be good, he well, we'll talk about him in a bit. Who else is there? Well, 
I mean, you there say isn't. all of this. He still came third. He's still second in the driver standards. He can't be that. Yeah, bad. but he's got a bloody Red Bull. Yes, I know, but in front of him is Max Verstappen, who is clearly Look, a better driver. Yeah, I suppose. I think if I was driving the Red Bull this year, I would still. I, re- I reckon I'd still be fifth in the championship. <laughs> I don't if think you'd you be were alive. driving it. Actually, no, yeah, I do think I you'd be alive. I, I don't think. I genuinely don't think you'd get it out the garage. <laughs> I think they'd sort of. I think the guy waiting there, waiting for the pit lane, they get they get the, the all clear, and he'd go, and you'd just go. Oh, bleh. No, 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 Phil, 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 Phil. Yes, in the first practice season, in the first practice season in Bahrain, no, in the first testing session in Bahrain, it would be an embarrassment, right? Clearly, it'd be an embarrassment. But let's let's imagine, for the sake of this scenario, that I've been signed into a watertight contract and they can't get rid of me, and I'm not allowed to leave. So the team, through gritted teeth, decide to teach me how to drive a Formula One car. So the first like half of the season, forget about it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'd spin out in every session. It would be really bad. The fans would turn against me. The team wouldn't like me. You know, I, I would. People on podcasts like me would be slagging me off, and I'd just be there going, "I used to be that guy." And now Nicholas Latifi guy. would be pointing and laughing. Yeah, but I reckon because you know I'm pretty belligerent, and I reckon that I would go into a you know, I would do a lot of simulator time. I would you know get I'd get a personal trainer. I'd get really fit. I'd be interested in nutrition, and I think by the end of the year. I'd start popping up, you know, a 10th place here, a 6th place there, and then I'd probably win a couple of races and come fifth. Are we are we talking Terry 20 years ago or now? No, me now. Me now. I reckon. Right, Red Bull, if you're listening, <laughs> if you're trying to work out who to drive next year, oh. if you've got Verstappen there, great. He's going to win the championship. You're going to win the Constructors' Championship. <laughs> don't need Why not one. have yeah. a bit of a laugh in the other, in the other <laughs> seat? It'd be great on the socials, in fairness. There'd be, you, could yeah. do, you could do on the YouTubes, on the TikToks, you could do a feature-length documentary. Maybe well, that's what movie. it's all about now. It's Do just you know, about l- l- that, so. just, just for a second, imagine they actually did that. Can you imagine how hated I would become? Like, it would be funny for five minutes, and then everybody would really <laughs> yeah. fucking hate me. I actually think there would be a strong possibility you'd die. I th- well, I think that as well. But I'd also like to see the, the drive to survive end of season thing for the people who've not been following, and then you just pop up the next season. You sort of sit down, and you're just sitting there going... <laughs> My Not name. media trained in the slightest. Just being as you are now, it'd be brilliant. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, just for the benefit of the video, though, can you do your pose that you'd do for the beginning of the F1? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Terry Saunders. Still better than George Russell's. Oh my god, don't even that gives me nightmares. That does fucking hell. <laughs> right. If anyone's got the video editing skills and you could put that together for us, we'll stick uh, it up on our YouTube channel, which we have not been picking up. That was which we so probably should. good. I, I they should give you a seat just for that. If you uh, if you are listening to this and you weren't aware that you can actually watch us, we do have a YouTube channel. Well, I mean it exists, and we put the videos of the show up. And well, that's about it at the moment. But uh, you can watch it, and we've not really publicised it or put anything on there that isn't also in the show notes for the audio so but go to uh, uh it's, i think it's just at for f1's sake on youtube and you can see the shows with our cool automatic camera thing so you know if we can get more than 100 views for a video that'd be lovely also i'm sorry that this week i look infirm for some reason not like normally when he's like a chiseled greek god yeah normally he's looking firm <laughs> <laughs> Ferrari, another pole position for Charles Leclerc, should probably have told us that Verstappen would win. But despite taking the lead back mid-race, he never really looked like hanging onto it. Still, the last-minute lunge to take second was nice. Carlos Sainz had an absolute stinker that wasn't even slightly his fault. His car being destroyed by a water valve cover during first practice and then getting a 10-place grid penalty for having the gall to get it repaired. Was it the most F1 thing of the weekend? I mean, this this was a weekend of a lot of F1 things. Um, I think it probably... Is it the most F1 thing? Where they'd fucked up by not checking the track properly. And then Carlos Sainz just had the unlucky <clears throat> lottery of being the one to drive over it and sucking up the manhole... Oh, the water valve cover is manhole cover, whatever, same thing. Totally destroying his car. Like, it basically just, like, fired a shotgun through the underside of the car and took out, like, the engine, the battery, the floor... Oh, my God. ...everything. And could have been really fucking nasty. It's like it's lucky he went through the back. Imagine if that had yeah. gone up underneath him; it would have killed him. 
Um, or that he, you know, he had done that and he'd had a massive accident. Like he'd taken his back wheels off, and he, that was on a fast part of the track. With anyway. more exactly, so because I've heard it, so I was heard it described that it literally just sucked the yeah, yeah. manhole off. It's so because, what do they normally do then? Well, normally, because this them. has happened before. Yeah, they weld them all down. Oh but right, apparently they hadn't this time. They just like concrete them down, which is not. No, enough. apparently, no. no so apparently, it was to do with because it's a live street. Yeah. And something to do with like Nevada laws. Under the law, they weren't allowed to weld them. Mm. And obviously, Las Vegas people went. I mean, they hey, could have fucking bolted them or something. Well, I think they did bolt them, but they just uh, they just didn't understand the forces of a Formula One car. Because it's, it's and also, especially this year and last year are the first years with like underbody. Yeah, it's, it's all particularly hardcore this year, isn't it? It's incredible. No, it's basically like a like a big sucky thing. Yeah, and, and there's and you should know in Vegas, there's a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> we know about our sucky things. <laughs> um, got them at the Bellagio. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see the uh, visitors from New York there. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite bit of the whole weekend was Martin Brundle's anecdote about he's staying at the Bellagio and he got lost. Oh, yeah. That was the anecdote. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite big, yeah. So... So, this, so to go back to the story, Science's car gets absolutely annihilated. He's obviously... He's out of FP1. Somehow the, the team do exceedingly well to rebuild the car for FP2, although it, I think it helped. Did, did, no, did he do it? I think he did do FP2. It helped that it was obviously delayed for ages because they had to go around and check that all the valve covers weren't going to explode again. And then <laughs> Science had a penalty, a 10-second penalty because they'd used more components than he was allowed for the season to rebuild the car that had been destroyed through F1's incompetence. And the rules yeah. say if you use too many components, you have to have a penalty. And the stewards actually said in their ruling, like, if there was any way that we couldn't that we could not give you a penalty, we would not give you a penalty. But the rules say we have to. So it really, really ruined his re- weekend. Yeah, we, we were saying last week is Charles Kirk the most unlucky F one driver? That was more unlucky, but it was very funny. Well, I mean, the whole thing was funny because then they shut down, they they cancelled the practice, and then they. They let the second practice go ahead at two thirty oh. in the morning. But th- those, you know, those fans that have bought tickets for Friday, they've had their one practice they've session cancelled. They've had eight well, minutes. The, sec- the second session is going ahead, but we're not going to let the fans in. No, it wasn't even that. It's not that we're not going to let the fans in. We're going to actively kick them out. Oh yeah, yeah. We are going to. They were already in. They'd been sitting there for hours waiting for more than eight minutes of track action. Oh my god! I hadn't, and then I they got two and two together. And oh, they got, yeah, they got yeah, the yes. cops to get rid of them. Oh my god! Wow. But uh, they did at least, did you hear about this? They have at least made amends by not apologising, releasing a statement that basically said, oh, these things happen, and then eventually offering them $200 worth of merchandise. Between them? But, <laughs> no, no, each. But somebody posted a picture from one of the merchandise stalls where if you wanted a child's hoodie, it was $180. Uh, so oh $200 God. basically gets you fuck all. That is mental, it was an isn't it? absolute kick in the tits for all the fans that were there. Loved it. Almost <laughs> <laughs> well, makes you proud, doesn't uh, it? Alpine, after getting hassled by Verstappen in qualifying and going out in Q1, Ocon started down in 16th but charged through the field, in part thanks to the first corner madness. First of the non-podium finishers is a pretty darn good result. Guess that answers last week's question about whether Gasly was the best Alpine driver then. Mm, it was very good from Ocon. I mean, he was a little bit lucky with nipping through the first corner stuff, but to finish fourth first, you have to not finish at the first corner, as they say. But it is weird that they swapped positions. Well, yeah, because Gasly qualified fourth. So Gasly had a really qualifying, yeah. and then Ocon, Ocon, you know, I don't know I don't know if there's a previous between them, but Ocon came and stole his position and... <laughs> took it from him and uh, was very happy thank you I, I think they did probably wave it actually no because at one point they were battling on track weren't they so Ocon yeah. sort of, Gasly went backwards and Ocon came forwards and they had a little ding dong but nothing serious happened because Ocon got taken out effectively by Verstappen doing yet another lunge and a sort of foreshadowing of what would come later <clears throat> um, which was pretty harsh and then I seem to remember Verstappen basically just said eh, he was annoying me so I did it to ruin his race in effect I think was basically what he said pretty much yeah no penalty for that that's fine apparently yeah that's that's allowed that's allowed to just be a dick I don't know this is the thing I mean I don't want to get in all conspiracy about that but I do get the feeling that the stewards 
Maybe scared of penalising him. Yeah, yeah, I think it's more of a kind of they're scared of the backlash of penalising him more than favouring him. It just feels mm. a bit like whenever he does, like the five second penalty, you're right, it's kind of, I was yeah, all right it's kind that. of fine, but it was also, I do feel like a 10 would have been more, you know, mm-hmm. opening, first lap, first corner, pushing the leader off, you know, not okay. Maybe not yeah, I mean, when Schumacher did that, they just qualified him from the championship. Just saying. Exactly. exactly. Not quite the same thing, okay, before you all exactly write Exactly the same thing. Before you send me exactly irate the tweets. There's a thing going on in football. I don't know how much either of you follow football. Um, I've heard of this. <laughs> yes. Everton, Everton have been doing some financially dodgy stuff. Oh, I did hear about this. Docked yeah. 10 points in the Premier League, which basically drops them way down and means it's going to be quite difficult for them this season. However, there have been rumours and accusations flying around that similar and much more hardcore dodgy dealings have been going on with, and they are allegations, um, with Manchester City and perhaps Chelsea. Except Manchester City and Chelsea are much bigger, more successful clubs, far higher up the table, and weirdly nothing's happened to them yet. It's just Everton seems to have got this fairly robust punishment. I'm just saying, it's it's just interesting that these things are happening at the same time. That's all I'm saying. Aston Martin, <clears throat> Fernando Alonso dropped a major and unusual clangor at the start of the race, losing the car and spinning at turn one. He recovered to finish where he started in ninth, but was outshone by Lance Stroll, who has somehow managed to get two fifth places in a row. Are we now to deduce that Alonso is now losing it and Stroll is, in fact, the future? Stroll does seem to have a little bit of a spring in his step in the last couple of races. He's done all right. Alonso's too old. <laughs> is this it? <laughs> He got old last week. <laughs> <laughs> that was the tipping point. <laughs> well, what if there's been a kind of big or vice versa? No, vice versa is the film I'm thinking of, where Alonso and Stroll have swapped bodies. <gasps> oh, I mean, everyone loves a body swap comedy. Yes. Yeah, so Alonso is now in Stroll's taller body, mm. and Stroll is now in Alonso's decrepit body. Let's be honest. Drive to Survive's got a bit old now. I haven't seen the last couple of seasons because can't be asked with it. Let's now go. Let's go a bit left field. Let's do body swap comedies. I want one where two teammates in F one team up to take on the mob, like Forty Eight Hours or Lethal Weapon. <laughs> I want one where a driver is left home alone, <laughs> like in Die Hard. I want one where they have to train some Formula One drivers to go to space to blow up an asteroid. I want one that's Police Academy, where they all join <laughs> that's the F- Police that's F- Academy. That's F1 Academy. <laughs> no, they all join the Police Academy. You, you think it's like a, a girls' racing series, but actually... Oh, I just would you please... Da, da, da. I said, would you please get out of the way? I love that character the best. <laughs> oh, she's so timid. Oh, she's shouting! Oh. Yeah, they got the beatbox guy and... Oh, yeah. Uh, Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh, that was a brilliant. That was a very good impression. That good. Yeah, that was very good. I don't have it on my uh, portfolio site that I could do a good Bobcat Goldthwait impression, yeah, but maybe well, I should add it. Yeah. Might give me some work. I remember the guy that did the noises did the Edinburgh Festival one year. Did he? Uh, <laughs> I can't do yeah. it. Uh, Is that it? Have we just talked about films. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Alonso fucks it. Uh, it is Mercedes! Mercedes! Okay, fine, yeah. Yeah. Mercedes. <laughs> Another race where it didn't quite happen for Mercedes. Hopes were high when George Russell got a third in qualifying, uh, but then turned in on Verstappen, damaged his car and got a penalty. That demoted him from fourth to eighth. Lewis Hamilton, meanwhile, went out in Q2 with no grip, but did better in the race despite getting clobbered by signs at the start and dropped to 15th. He then got a puncture while battling with Piastri. Unlucky for Mercedes, or do you think you make your own luck in this sport? Yes, and yes. Well, mirror signal manoeuvre, isn't it? Yes. yes. Not enough signals he... on F1 cars. <laughs> well, he didn't look in his mirror either, so it's fine. His excuse was that Verstappen was in his blind spot. Now, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm not having that. I'm not having that Formula 1 cars have got a fucking blind spot. They've got all the technology well, in the world. I'm not... No. You ate him, don't no. you? You ate him. That is... Do you know what? It's really... When it's Verstappen and Russell bumping uglies, it's really hard to know which one I hate more. But <laughs> the excuse of just being like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's in my blind spot. I didn't see him. Fuck off. They need, Fuck I mean, off. Modern road cars have a blind spot monitor where if there's somebody there... A little light comes on in your wing, in your in your side mirror. 
to let you know that like and if you then try and indicate it will go eh, there's somebody there why they can't put my that god in this is know. amazing this is like the the what was it called the puddle doors oh yeah, yeah. Puddle, puddle, lights puddle lights that i was learning about last week oh there's now, so much I'm, i might we should do a youtube series where i just introduce you to modern cars what are puddle lights Oh, you went. I'll listen to the. I'll listen to last week. I forgot. I forgot you were Drew last week. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you open the door, there's lights that cars. shine d- shine down from the door and illuminate the f- the ground. Oh my god! What is going on? What mm. have and we the, become? And the car I was in, and the car I was in, the the light was the Audi logo. I mean, this is yeah. really weird because it it's was like a skull, being in a, like it being was in just a club. <laughs> <laughs> it's this like is crazy. Club. When I see when I'm on the motorway though, and I'm overtaking someone, and I see that little light coming on their wing mirror. I just hang in there to see how long I can keep it on for. Well, as long as you're there, it'll stay on for. <laughs> yeah, it's just quite They're fun. Trapped. It must be really annoying yeah. for them. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You've blown my mind. You've blown my mind. So, hang on. So, Phil, what I thought you were describing is that if you're driving and there's someone in your blind spot, a yeah. light comes on. Yeah. But, Ollie, you're saying that if you're in someone's blind spot, a light comes on. No, no. When I'm in car. someone's blind spot, I can see their light come on in their wing mirror. Because it comes on in, in the glass, doesn't it? That's the thing you're talking yeah. about. Usually, so, yeah. Yeah, and you can see it. It's like a little orange light, whatever. And so, It's an indicator. No, no, no. no. It's, and then it's literally in the... It's like a two-way mirror almost. It's like behind the yeah. glass. And I know for a fact... I've not been in a car since 1997. <laughs> <laughs> I know not. this. It would seem not. Yeah, it would seem not. I mean, I do... I know, the, you, I, I know that bit, but I didn't know the puddle lights. That's quite cool. There's so many pointless features now in cars. Well, 10 years ago now, more than 10 years ago, in fact, um, I had a Golf that could park itself. And that's pretty common now. Like, most entry-level, mid-specy cars have self-parking, where you what? It will f- you drive along, you press the self-park button, it'll have a little thing on the screen where it, most it looks... Cars it uses most cars have this. I would say everything from probably, like, a Ford Fiesta upwards these days, at a guess, would have it on the mid-spec rate model upwards have self-parking because it's quite straightforward so you would literally drive along it will it will find you it will find you a parking space and then it'll say stop you put your foot on the brake you take your hands off the wheel you select reverse and it will it will spin the wheel for you is all you have to do is do the pedals no i if you can't what parallel happens, park you shouldn't be allowed to drive well i agree what happens lots of people can't. if you press that button on the motorway <laughs> uh horrible death yes <laughs> you just die Look, I look. I can't, I can't drive, as we all know, and I was doing driving lessons many years ago, as we all know, and I failed miserably. Yes. I didn't even get to a test. You couldn't double D clutch, and you pulled the choke out wrong. But <laughs> I was doing some kind of macho, you know, thing of saying I need to, I need to learn in a manual because it's better. I don't want to learn an automatic, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Whereas I think now you can learn to drive in an automatic with car with a car that parks itself. What do you need to do? What the these, test is easy. Well, these days there are, I think now new cars there are more automatics sold than manuals, which for a very long time was not the case in the UK. And this will mean nothing to American listeners because they all drive automatics. But in the UK, it's been manual, manual city. Whereas now most cars, most new cars sold are automatic. And obviously, if you get an electric car or a hybrid car, they're all automatics. My driving instructor used to say to me, which gear should we be in for this corner and i would say a number and he'd say yes and i'd say i guess that <laughs> he was so angry <laughs> sorry it's fine anyway you're not going to need to drive in a few years time and the cars will just do it by the sounds of things so you just chill oh, uh, out i mean though we're getting into a we're getting into this is a, a different podcast worms there yeah fucking cars yeah that was mercedes mclaren but <laughs> Both McLarens were slow as a big, fat, slow idiot in Q1 and were eliminated from qualifying. And then Lando Norris made things worse by making a tiny mistake and having a massive accident. Piastri had a decent race, mildly derailed by his tangle with Hamilton, which meant he had to pit early and change his tyre strategy to one that didn't work that well. Still, he charged through at the end to take a point for 10th and another for fastest lap. Better than nothing, right? What happened to McLaren? What's yeah, that about? They were so good. What happened? They? Haven't actually it looked to feel- see what they said. But. It just feels like every team except for Red Bull is on some kind of lottery this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Roll the dice but for this is, race. No, is, sorry, you're shit this race. But this is what's so frustrating about this year is it feels like all the teams are so close and they're so up and down that without Red Bull, I know it's a cliche, but without Red Bull, this year would have been 
No, actually, without it would have been too well, without, without it Verstappen, it would have been the best season ever. It wouldn't have been. A, I think it wouldn't have been a good story because <clears throat> it would have been too over the place. Because you well, don't want it to be too random. <laughs> well, it's not been that. I mean, they've sort of been there without, without Verstappen. Perez would have sealed the title at this race, and nobody would have put money on the fact that he would have done it. It would have gone almost down to the wire. Well, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. No, 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 no. Because that's that's implying that for some reason Red Bull just entered one car all year. Yes, that's right. So imagine if it was Perez and his new hotshot teammate, Terry Saunders. <laughs> the old Perez Saunders combo. And they'd be there going, well, what about, you know, oh, God, Saunders can't live up to the hype and he's crumbling under the pressure. Christian Horner I mean, would be saying, you know, we've just got to give him time. We'll give him all the support he needs. And then you'd be I out think, in your ear. I think Helmut Marco would like me. I don't think Helmut Marco would like you at all. I don't think Helmut Marco likes anybody. I don't think Helmut Marco no, likes Helmut Marco. I think he'd like me. He'd find me. He'd find me infuriating and frustrating. But he'd be like, oh, "It's a chip off the old block." <laughs> I think. I think he would physically try to assault you. Yeah, that's what that's what you do with people you like, isn't it? <laughs> I'm just enjoying Terry's confidence tonight. I, I like it. It's good. I think it's the haircut. I mean, for, 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 for people who haven't listened for this to this podcast for many years, my racing pedigree is I've been go-karting three times and I've injured myself twice. <laughs> <laughs> and, and quite badly. <laughs> yeah, I cracked a rib. Oh my God. What were you doing? Did I know this? Maybe yeah, I... this, was a, this was Miss Apex's fault. Oh. Yeah, I saw Spanners yeah, messing around with his brakes and then he crashed. <laughs> So I'm going to tell you a story about um, a lady I met in Berlin, and we're not we're not together or anything. No, we're just kind of friends. But she, I think she fancied me, and she said, "Oh, I've been stalking you." Is a kind of funny thing to say. She said, "I found out about your Formula One podcast," and I was like, "Oh, okay, fine. That's a bit weird. Fine." And she was like, "I used to be a professional go karting racer. We should go go karting one day." <laughs> and I said. No. <laughs> if you want to fancy me, you do not want to take me go-karting. <laughs> What's the opposite of an aphrodisiac? <laughs> oh, just me wailing in a helmet, going, I've gone blind. <laughs> the, I mean, it wasn't too bad at that day, because at least you were faster than Chica. Bless her. She, she didn't crash. <laughs> she didn't crash. I crashed. And to be honest, if she had crashed, it probably wouldn't have hurt that much, because she was going quite slowly. It was a good day, though. Thanks, Miss Apex, for the invitation. It was not time. a good yeah. day. I really <laughs> hurt myself twice. I had a lovely day. I won a race. the first race... Oh, look, I, I'm sorry for listeners who've heard this story a thousand times before, but on the first race, Phil, who has got proper professional go-karting experience... Not professional, but yes. Okay, okay good. <laughs> said to me, oh, the brakes in these carts are a bit sticky, so when you, when you brake, you don't need to brake that hard. So going into the first corner, I did what I thought was soft. I kind of went... <laughs> and then the car did the car didn't stop and I went straight into the barriers and I hit my knee on the steering wheel so hard I couldn't walk properly for a week. <laughs> that sounds like sabotage. That's what that is. Yeah. I mean I just meant they were quite grabby, so like <laughs> oh, I do feel a little bit bad. I'm sorry. Terry. Yes. You're explaining to a man who can't drive to go easy on the brakes, you fucking moron. <laughs> 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 um, Williams <laughs> if ever there was a race to put a, if ever there was a race to put five pound on a Williams fairy tale weekend this looked like it very fast in a straight line both Williams got through to Q3 but while Logan Sargent gradually slipped backwards fairly early on Alex Albor battled to stay in the points but then his tyres went and he finished 12th oh well uh, these tyres these tyres they're difficult I, I mean, I've always known they're difficult, but as the season's gone on, it becomes more and more clear to me just how difficult they are to make work properly, to the point where I think, maybe that's a bit much. Like, you, where you basically have to have at least a full season in F1 to understand how to get the tyres to not stop working halfway through the race. I've said it a thousand times, I hate tyres. <laughs> I mean, they do <laughs> they need They them. ruin the sport. They ruin the sport. Just have them on rims, just going round. It would be exciting. I just... just, I mean, just... If the two, if the tires wear out too easily, it's shit. If they st if they last for too long, it's shit. Just oh! it's difficult, isn't it? What's the answer? What's the answer, Terry? Have you got a solution? Caterpillar tracks. Caterpillar, Caterpillar. tracks. <laughs> <laughs> 
tanks, just tanks. Made of metal, scraping along the Vegas Strip. <laughs> oh, yeah, actually, I'm absolutely up for that. Or... Hover cars! Yes, that was where I was going. Genius. Yeah, I mean, if they've got, they've got, they've got the so much effect. suction that they can... Yeah, what's the, or do the opposite of ground effect. Sky ground effect? Ground effect. Changing rims. Flying? Changing rims. Is that the pit stops? <laughs> just <laughs> just have flying cars oh, well there is a series that's that's been trying to get off I keep getting press releases from them from a, I forgot what it's called now it's basically trying to pitch this idea of flying cars racing I was like that sounds like death well, they, to everyone involved there's already I, I seem to remember a, a flying racing league in America well, there's, there's and Red people Bull, die there's regularly Red Bull Air Race yes yeah, I know but, but, but this one's slightly different in that they race side by side <clears throat> and they I die. That's still Red Bull Air Race, isn't it? They race. That's time trials. Or, they, or is that time trials? No, actually, no. I have seen them. Yes, they and they and some of them race like really old planes. Yes, it's like Mah! yeah, like exactly. P fifty one Mustangs or something. It's like yeah. that's as an eighty year old plane. Because that's going the as thing fast is, as you can next to other eighty year old planes. What you, are you doing? You can't clip another plane because you'll die. No, that's rubbing is not racing. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, you, you only do it once. You do it once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you learn your lesson. So yes, flying cars. While I think. you plunge to the ground, a bit exciting. Good. Well, I, I can't see any problems with that. Vegas will love it. Alpha Tauri. Daniel Ricciardo was meh in a shit car, and Yuki Tsunoda was shit in a shit car. No points. Is Ricciardo's comeback a lost cause yet? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I think the length of the season just got to me. How many times have I tried to say something about Yuki Tsunoda when I don't even know who he is? <laughs> fuck's sake I mean I'm not bothered about him he's had enough time to prove himself when he's failed but Ricardo the, the, the Ricardo question I mean we have asked that a few times now it seems like it's actually probably only a few races since Liam Lawson stopped coming in to although he was there this weekend watching the madness but probably Ricardo had that off. one good race when he came back and then it's just been meh for two or three now yeah he's gone get rid of him get rid of the whole Alpha Terry team bring some new people in or just get rid of the team Get rid of the team. That'll, that'll, off. that'll solve everything. Off. That'll solve everything because then that solves the Andretti problem. Ditch the team. Andretti can buy shut it down. No, just, just to... fuck them off. Shut at the factory, <laughs> fire everyone, get Andretti in. Set it on fire. Yeah. Set the fucking factory on fire. Kill everybody. Execute every member of staff. Murder. That's the answer. Stay in the lab. Stay in the lab. They're not staying alive. Kevin Magnussen managed to wangle his way into Q3 and started eighth, but then went backwards because that's what the house does. No points. Nico Hulkenberg started outside the points and stayed outside the points. No points. What's the point? There's no point. There is no point to these teams. They're not even charmingly shit like in the 90s. These teams are. (laughs) Where's Pacific and. Yeah, like. 40. They say that they, they don't want to go back to the times of the 90s where there was pre-qualifying and then people would turn up and there were mafia bosses and like Andrea Moda <laughs> and they, they built a car with an engine that was bigger than the car. And I, the, the problem with the, the not the midfield, but what do you call it, the low field, the backmarkers? The problem with these this current generation backmarkers is that they are entirely competent. And competent <laughs> and not good is not interesting. They're just they're not shit. They're just they're just they're just fine. Meh. And meh. Uh, meh. Yeah, exactly. Meh. There's nothing about them. I don't know. And they pay, and Alpha Tari Hass and fucking Alpha Romeo all look the all fucking look the same. They're all grey and fucking white. And what? Just paint your car. The, the old old minnow teams used to have bright colours because yeah. they were like you know you, if you spot them on the coverage you'd be like oh is that car yeah the 40 course was bright grey. yellow wasn't it fucking um, Simtech were purple yeah. exactly Onyx was like purple and pink it was just colours I mean if you if you if you're mediocre at least have a nice fucking colour oh I hate it you're more angry than usual and, and you have this yeah, confidence the the tonight have you is it I don't know you've been taking testosterone or I'm just, I'm just very tired. Terry, Terry Sterone. <laughs> Terry Sterone. <laughs> That's Sylvester Stallone's brother with a speech impediment. <laughs> I'm Terry Sterone. <laughs> I bet he's massive. 
Yeah, he's ripped. Yeah, he's fucking head. No, he's just fat. Yeah, he's, <laughs> okay. he's just really fat. Yeah. Uh, Alfa Romeo. He did, he, he oh, did sorry. the rocket no, after. Don't some... even don't even read Alfa Romeo. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve your dulcet tones, Ollie. <laughs> Fuck them. Okay. <laughs> oh god. No, on, do do read it. Okay. We saw an Alfa Romeo mostly because they looked like the Mercedes with their black livery and also because Valtteri Bottas comically ran into Fernando Alonso twice at the start. Bit of a shame that as he'd qualified a decent seventh, but never mind. Joe Gran, you might as well be Antonio Giovinazzi for all that we see or think about him. Club. Um just Bottas hitting Alonso was good. Did you see that? I mean that was fun. That was fun. But <laughs> he hit him and then he hit him again. <laughs> just for fun. I didn't see this. We was this earlier on, was it? It was the first corner bit where Alonso spun. Right. And sort of Bottas I mean he spun right in front of Bottas, so Bottas just went and sort of dinked into him. And then as Bottas was trying to sort his things out, he just went forward and then just hit him again. <laughs> just for fun. Just for old time's sake. Yeah. Oh, we didn't actually talk about the uh the what do you call it? The where all the musicians were playing and they were, all the Formula One drivers popped up. Oh, the ceremony, the opening ceremony, yeah. The God. opening ceremony. Fucking hell, yeah. I tried to put that up. that's I mean and the sea of shit things in this race. That's some good stuff, but the sea of shit things, I'd forgotten about that. There were so many others. That was terrible. But it, but in that, Jogan you popped up next to Bottas, and I didn't recognise him. And I know that I've made that joke at least ten times this year. So I've seen him at least ten times, and every time I'm like, "Who the fuck is that?" <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a shame we're an audio podcast because I think there's a pretty good revival of Chica Quiz where I just show you pictures of Formula F1 drivers that I don't reckon you'll remember and recognise. And maybe I'll put a couple in there who aren't F1 drivers and see if you can tell which well, ones. I think are the I'd struggle with bloody. Hamilton. I can't even think of anyone's name. <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> Barry Hamilton. Like All of which takes us to the standings with Terry Saunders. So, the race was in Las Vegas, and Las Vegas has a fucking big sphere. So I thought, if all the drivers had a chance to be on the sphere, what would they show? In first place is Max Verstappen with his big squished face. <laughs> it would look... <laughs> He's pretty squished. Because if you notice a sphere, it's not a perfect board. It's like it's a bit wider, so all the images look quite squished. And he's got a face for the ball. Um, <laughs> Perez would have a beautifully saved tyre. Hamilton would have a political slogan. Carlos Sainz would just be his dad saying he's proud, so that he'd drive by and go, you're doing really well, Carlos. Fernando would be the light, but don't go towards it. You're an old man. Don't go towards the light, Fernando. <laughs> Lando would have a buffering progress bar because he loves computer games. Charlotte Kirk would also have Max Verstappen's big squishy face to egg him on. George Russell's own eyes beaming back at him, disapproving his failure. Oscar Piastri would have bullet holes, still doing that joke. Uh, Lance Strolls would be raining money. Pierre Gasly would be Ocon's girlfriend. Ocon would be Gasly's girlfriend. <laughs> Alexander Albon would be a treasure map um, from his mum. One last job. An animated Yuki Tsunoda. I think that would be fun. Bottas would be his beautiful butt. Nico Hulkenberg would be a mocking podium. Daniel Ricciardo would be the last shoe being drained of wi its winning ways. Uh, Joe Ganyu would be a 404 not found error. Kevin Magnussen would be a solitary bollock for sniffing. I've written a solitary bollock for sniffing, which of course wasn't his catchphrase. It was suck my ball, but I'm going to stick with it. Kevin Magnussen likes to sniff on balls. Liam Lawson would have a big question mark and Logan Sargent would just have his CV. <laughs> <laughs> and God, I'm tired. The constructors, I am so, it, it's been a long season. Uh, Red Bull are Viva Las Vegas. Mercedes are leaving Las Vegas. Ferrari is failing Las Vegas. McLaren is spinning Las Vegas. Aston Martin is disappointing Las Vegas. Alpine is fucking your ex Las Vegas. Williams is Williams Las Vegas. Alpha Tower is crying Las Vegas. Alpha Romeo is whying Las Vegas. And Haas is Has Has Hagas. I like Has Has Vegas. I also like a solitary bollock for sniffing because I feel that that would be Kevin Magnuson's like book of poetry or something like that. His introspective <laughs> documentary. Just the MSG sphere, but it's like a really, really realistic bollock. <laughs> well, they're, built it, they're, they're planning to build one in London, so maybe they can match they could them up. Be a bollock, they could be two bollocks. A and bollock if, on if each you, side of the pond. If you look at Google Earth, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, Where the, would the Atlantic cock is be? the cock. Yeah, just yeah, the Atlantic is the cock. Greenland. <laughs> wrong at wrong at ff1s.com if you know where. The uh, sphere, the you sphere win a t-shirt. Where would the where would the penis be? <laughs> and now, the man of the match of driving. Esther Verstappen. Oh. oh. 
And now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. As a long-time F1 fan, I've been getting worried in the Liberty era that the sport is moving away from me. It's less about the grand old tracks, the passion and men from Dudley with brown moustaches, and more about the glitz, the glamour and Rihanna. And as the circus pulled into Las Vegas, with an almost weary inevitability, I watched Will I Am sing his fucking song and thought maybe F1 just wasn't for me anymore. Let the kids have it. Maybe I'll start watching golf and doing my new podcast. Fucking golf. The glamour and glitz of F1 multiplied by the tawdry tat of Las Vegas, sanitising everything into a streamable show for the sort of people who learn dances from TikTok. The hosts on the coverage are all young and full of enthusiasm, and anyone over 40 knows that there is no room for enthusiasm in F1 since Murray Walker died. F1 is a sport for the cynical and world-weary, middle-aged men sitting in their armchairs on a Sunday afternoon slagging off super-fit millionaires with supermodel girlfriends. F1 is now a slick professional outfit, and it's lost its ramshackle charm and feats of daring do. I'm out. Or so I thought. Because don't worry, F1 has a solution. To misquote Al Pacino in The Godfather, just when I thought I was out, they dragged me back in. And what was it? Was it the exciting race? Was it Max Verstappen being similarly down on F1? Did Nigel Mansell give me some more advice? No, it was manhole cover gate, a quintessentially F1 cock-up that I don't believe could happen in another sport. Can you imagine in tennis turning up and the net start throttling the players, or sinkholes on an international football pitch, or a swimming pool full of custard? But somehow, <laughs> just when I was losing interest, F1 nails it again. It doesn't let the fans in, it refuses to apologise or give refunds, and then offers vouchers for the fucking F1 store. I'm back in, baby. I'm sorry I ever doubted you. <laughs> we just love the drama. Oh, it made me proud. It made me proud. Like when they when they did that when they let they that they did that um, Instagram thing that was just like oh you know safety is paramount so you can fuck off. Oh, it's like my heart swelled. It's how I feel. It's how racists must feel when they see three lions. It's just like that's how it felt. Oh, <sighs> felt very nostalgic that first part of that. <laughs> that's it from us. It's goodbye from Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about the fact that Abu Dhabi is also going to be the final race of the F2 season. And as we talk now, the leader, who looks like he might win, has only won one race all year. Oh, is it Perez? No. Even, <laughs> <laughs> even Perez has won more races than him. But Perez was going so time. slow that he's winning F2 races. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't got time to talk about it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And to Terry Saunders. We haven't got time to talk about someone Mansell the racing driver not Nigel Mansell but some other guy called Mansell who has a YouTube channel who Scott I always Mansell. presumed was one of yeah I always presumed he was one of Nigel Mansell's failed sons but he's not even related <laughs> no. anyway he's doing a thing where they're making a tunnel and they're going to try and drive a car upside down and it sounds it's good I'm enjoying it so I'm recommending it Scott Mansell not related to Nigel Mansell he's the only other F1 driver you like you only like F1 yeah. dri- you only like drivers who are called Mansell, Mansell. Except the Mansell sons, because they're little Leo shit. and... <laughs> we haven't got time Sorry. to talk about it. Nigel. We'll be back next... We haven't got time to talk about it, We'll be back next week and to discuss, thank fuck, the final race of 2023 at Yas Marina in Abu Dhabi in the United... Nine Marina. At- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just... Yes, funny. I Carry get on. it. <laughs> Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake, and follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. Terry, where can people buy merch? Well, if you've been offended by this episode, you can get a voucher for our shop at www.ff1s.com forward slash shop, shop, shop. And when I, when I say you can get a voucher, you, I'm lying. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. I've been Ollie Peart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you, Ollie. Podcast Network.